God be with you. Thank you. Are we still doing all right? We're still here? John is. We'll just go like this, John. Are we still here? Yes, there we are. Can we start off with a parable? You've heard it before, but we're going to go in a slightly different direction with it. And so this parable talks about how once there was a competition that asked people to construct the largest sheep enclosure using a limited source of materials. And so three people entered this competition. There was a mathematician, an engineer, and this old farmer. And each of them are given the basic tools to build as big a sheep pen as they possibly could. They're given a pile of wooden planks, some nails, and 24 hours to complete their pen. And so when it came time for the judges to go and decide the winner, they began by examining the the mathematician's work. And she had used her extensive knowledge of geometry to to construct an impressive circular structure that maximized the utilities of the materials. And as a result, nothing went to waste, and you could put easily 100 sheep into the enclosure. And next they went to the engineer. And his was more basic, but twice the size of the mathematician. He had used his skills to see that he could actually cut all the wood in two, and they're double the size of his sheep pen. And he could put easily 200 sheep inside his enclosure without even compromising the security or integrity of the pen. And finally they came to that old farmer who, in contrast to the others, was surrounded by a pile of nails and unused planks that were at his feet. And they watched in disbelief as a farmer stepped into this one-square-foot box that she had made. And the judges looked at the farmer in disbelief, saying, Is that your enclosure? And the farmer replied, Of course not. I'm on the outside. You're standing in it. I like that parable a lot because I think it reminds us um, about how one of the things our spirituality is about is about wisdom. It's not about coming to church on Sunday to do things that we like. It's not about this insurance plan that we can have when we die, nor is it about believing a certain amount of set principles that we have to adhere to. But rather... What our spirituality is about is coming to embody a particular way of seeing and understanding the world around us, a way that is deeply connected to the ways of God, the ways of love and justice, compassion, wholeness, and peace, ways that save us or free us into life as as it was always meant to be. Which really is to say that what this is all about is to seek after truth, It's about letting what is true be our first question for everything that we do and everything that we are. And not just true for me in this moment or what works best for me and my interests, but what is true, what was true, what will always be true. What is the truth underneath the truth is what this spirituality we have is all about. It's to seek after the truth underneath this, this this truth that can shape and guide us, this truth that helps us see and understand the world that we're created to, a way that as we try to navigate all the things we bump up against in our lives, 
these things that try to pull and push us in different ways can keep us rooted in the kind of life that Jesus leads us into. Because I'm going to guess that most of us here probably know what that's like, don't we? We know what it's like to enter into the push and pull of life. We know what it's like to experience this. We bump up against something and we say, I don't, like, do I go this way? Do I go that way? How do I respond to this email? What do I do with my anger? How am I supposed to vote? What do I do when relationships get really hard? What is the way that I'm supposed to go? And we live in a world that has given us so many things that push and pull us in different directions where usually more often than not, we just feel stuck, don't we? So we stay rooted or we go whatever the easiest road is. Anyone know what we're talking about? Yeah, I feel that all the time. Whether it's how we speak about ourselves or understand political issues or how we parent or anything else. I know what it's like to be in that push and pull. And this is why I think Jesus is so important. Because this is what he's all about. This is why we say Jesus is the word of God. Because he helps us hear what God sounds like. He helps show us the truth underneath the truth underneath the truth. Jesus shows us the wisdom that we need to enter into this life that we're here looking for. This life that is deep, that is true, that is meaningful. So when I was on my sabbatical um, in the winter, I had this moment of being caught in this push and pull. The first few weeks of the sabbatical, from like January to like almost the end of the month, were like as beautiful as you could possibly imagine. You know those moments on vacation where you're just enough into vacation where you've entered into vacation mode, but the end of vacation is just far away enough where you don't really, you're not thinking about going back to work yet? You know that feeling? Yeah, that is a month of that. And it was blissful. Like I was decompressing. I was just doing whatever I wanted every morning, baking bread, playing video games, not doing much at all. It was great. But then one morning, it was a Tuesday, I woke up and I was super depressed. I was in the funkiest of funks. I went to bed totally great. And I woke up the worst I had felt in years. And I had no idea what happened. All I knew is that I felt so worthless and so lost. And I couldn't shake it. I tried all my spiritual practices. Nothing could shake it. And so I was talking it out with Don. I was talking it out with my therapist. And I was finally able, after about a week, able to put it into words. And I told my therapist, I, I just wasn't feeling like myself. I had no idea who I was. My entire identity, my self-worth, my sense of purpose, I was saying, was tied up in what I do for a living. And now being on sabbatical and being forced not to work, I don't know who I am. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know where to go. Without having something to do, I had no idea how to exist. I had this entire narrative inside me that was saying, well, if you're not working, Nick, 
what are you actually doing? Well, if you want to feel anything, if you want to be something of worth, you better be producing something. And that's what these voices inside of me were saying, I realized. And that's what was pulling me into this funk. And it was pulling me into this really dark place. Because everything I had been taught, everything that I picked up along the way, told me that to be worthy is to be productive. To work is to be valued. And if you're not doing something, well, then you're not something either. And so I was naming this to my therapist that Friday or something, whatever it was. And she did what we always do, which always drives me nuts, but it always works. And if you've been in therapy, you probably know what I'm talking about. She's like, well, let's do some body work. And so she got me to sit still, take a deep breath. And she's like, okay, so where are those voices inside of you? I'm like, oh, they're all kind of like right here. It's tight. She's like, okay. And what are they saying? So I say what they're saying. And then she asked me to listen below that. Is there another voice inside of you? Is there a voice underneath those voices? What are they saying? And slowly as I listen, I could feel something kind of deep in my stomach. And this voice was saying, no, Nick, you are not what you do. Your worth is not tied to what you produce. And I knew as soon as I heard that, that this was the voice of God. Because the voice of God, as Jesus always showed, is a voice that never tears down or hurts and never belittles or condemns. But the voice of God will always build up and heal and it will always celebrate and liberate. And God, if God is saying that, if that was true, if that voice deep down within me, if that was true, well, everything suddenly changed. Suddenly I could rest. Suddenly I could be free. I didn't have to live that narrative anymore, but I could not, I could not listen to those lies, but I could do something else. And I was finally able to enjoy the last three months of the sabbatical because I knew that I didn't have to be here in order to be worth something. I knew doing stuff is not what it means to be human. We're human beings, not human doings. Those are the lies that I had within me. And maybe you've heard those lies too. Maybe you've got the same lies as I do. Maybe you have your own lies that live within you and pull you into dark, funky, depressed places. And so I spent a part of my sabbatical thinking, you know, what are the lies that we all hear? Are there any common lies that we as humans, especially humans in the West, that we tell ourselves and that we live by? What are the things that lead us out of life instead of into it? What are the lies that we all tend to embody? And it turns out, the research has shown that there are three lies that most of us tell ourselves and most of us live by. When doing her research into shame and vulnerability, Brené Brown and her team discovered by interviewing thousands and thousands and thousands of people that there are three common things that we all tell ourselves, three things that push and pull us in certain directions, three things that, if we look at it from the lens of our faith and spirituality, are straight-up lies. 
for the rest of the morning, we're going to look at each of those lies. We're going to look at each of these, these things that we tell ourselves in some way, shape, or form. And then we're going to look at three truths that we can listen to to counter those lies and draw us into life as it was meant to be. Are you still with me? All right, so lie number one. I think we've all been told this one. I'm not lovable. Anyone ever think that about themselves? Yeah, you don't need to put your hand up for that one. You can see it on your faces. I'm feeling the same thing you are, that sense of like, oh, yeah. We've been told this in all kinds of ways, haven't we? We've been told it by our parents, by our friends, by churches, by ads. We've been told it by ourselves. We've been all told because of this, this, or this, that we aren't lovable. That we aren't worthy of connection and value. And we've been told it so often in so many ways that we let it go to work that we let it pull us into our particular kind of life, this life where we have walls built up around us, where we question anything that says contrary, and we enter into this life that's just angry and shameful and sad. And I know we all know this life. We've all been told by someone or something that we aren't lovable. But here's the thing. It's not true. You don't need to live like that. You don't need to live like that because the truth is, from the lens of our faith and spirituality, that you are lovable. That we are lovable. That you, just as you are, are worthy of love and connection. That you, just as you are, are so amazing and so wonderful. At the very foundation of our faith is this belief that we are all lovable. So lovable, in fact, that there's nothing that you can do, nothing that you can say, nothing that anyone else can do or say that can undo that or make it untrue. Baked into our faith is this idea that we are each first and foremost lovable. So for you who have been told that lie, sit with this for a moment. Hear this, feel this, that you are lovable, that you are worthy of love and connection. And that can never be taken away by anything or anyone. What does that do? to you on the inside? What kind of life is that knowledge pulling you into that you are loved? The second lie we all tell ourselves is similar to the first, but this is also where the first lie is going to take us. That I am not divine. Now, it took me a long time to digest this one and figure out what she was talking about. But it all clicked with me as I was meeting with someone. They were telling me their story. And this person said, well, I guess I'm just not very special. 
anyone ever say that about themselves before? Anyone ever been told that before? You're just not very special. You're just not very unique. You're just average. You're just meh. Anyone feel that one before? Yeah, me too. And it manifests in all kinds of ways, doesn't it? Oh, well, I, I don't really have anything to offer, so I, I'm just not going to show up. Oh, well, I'm not really special, so why should I bother telling you about my day? I don't want to bother you with my unimportant things. Oh, nobody would want to help me, so why should I even bother asking for help? Anyone ever say those things before? Yeah. Yeah, we all have. And they all trace back to this lie that we tell ourselves, that we are not divine. Because it boils down to this idea that we are just ultimately forgettable. That we have nothing within us that actually makes us worth caring about, makes us worth seeing, makes us worthy of that love and connection. But again, here's the thing. It's not true. You don't need to live like that. You don't need to live like that because the truth is that you are divine. Again, at the very foundation of our faith is this idea that you are each made in God's image. Which is to say that you are not garbage. That you're not just made of dirt and mud. But you are each made up of the very essence of God. And think about that for a sec. If you are each made up of the very essence of God, well, the truth then is, if you boil it down to your bare essentials, you're not going to find just crap. You are going to find the image of God within you. You will find the very essence of God. You'll find their reverence and beauty and purpose and love. You'll find a uniqueness that is anything but forgettable. So for you who have been told that you are forgettable, that there's nothing special about you, for you who have been told you are not divine, hear this. That's a lie. That is a straight-up lie. You are divine. You have the very image of God within you. And finally, number three. I am not creative. And now this lie isn't really talking about whether or not you can write a good song or make a good poem or draw a half-decent picture. We're going much deeper than that. We're getting spiritual with this one. Again, it's a riff off the first two. It's where those two will take us. These, these whole lies are like a spiritual death spiral that just take us deeper and deeper and deeper into a funk. And what this lie gets at what this lie tells us is that you have nothing special to offer the world. It's this feeling we get. It's this voice that we hear when, when we look at the world around us. We see its need. We look at how can I help? How can I be a part of moving this forward towards wholeness and healing? And then we look within ourselves what we have to contribute. And we just kind of like shrug our shoulders. Saying, I got, I got nothing. I have nothing 
to offer? What could I possibly do to help? Anyone know that feeling? Anyone ever been told this lie before? That you have nothing to offer. Yeah, I think we've all experienced that voice before. We've all looked at our relationships, our world, our friends, ourselves, and we just shrug our shoulders being like, how could I possibly help? I have nothing. I am useless. I am average. And so we just slowly walk away. We shirk away. We close up. Because we've been told that we are not creative. We've been told that we have nothing to offer. But again, here's the thing. It's not true. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to live like that because the truth is you are creative. At the heart of our faith is this idea that we each have something baked within us. Our tradition calls it a fire. This thing that God herself put within us. This thing that we are created to let out this thing that we each have that almost takes more energy to keep it in than to let out. This thing that only you can bring to the world and this thing that the world so desperately needs. The truth is that you each have a fire within you. You each have something the world needs. Maybe it's a voice. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's a passion. You each have something that only you can bring to the world. God made you with a purpose. God gave you each something that this world needs. Hear that. Sit with that. Let that guide you forward that you are creative, that you have something to add to this world that you have a part to play in moving this world closer to the one that God made it to be in the very beginning. Now, I know those might seem like a lot of empty platitudes that might seem more motivational than more sermon. But if you're anything like me, that's because these lies have such a grip on you that when we hear these truths, we're like, sounds good, but I know it's not really true. And so your homework this week is to sit with each of those truths, to let those truths do their work, to listen to that thing underneath the thing underneath the thing, and to look for God's voice, that voice that will always uplift and empower, that will always heal and bring life. Because that might be the most important thing of this whole sermon that you can take away. That the task in the spiritual life is to listen for the right voice. That voice of God, that voice underneath the voice, this voice that says to every single one of you that you are loved, that you are divine, that you are creative. Listen to that voice. Usually a good sign that you found it is it makes you say something like, Hallelujah. It gives you that sense of relief. It gives you that sense of being liberated. It gives you that sense of a deep, deep breath. That's the voice you need to listen for. That's the voice that you need to guide you. 
And so hopefully some of you have felt that today, that you felt some of the shift inside of you, that you have felt a little hallelujah kind of spring up as you heard that you are loved or that you are divine or that you are creative. And if you felt that space open up, this next song is for you. It's for you to really let it out. And even if you don't quite believe it, it's time for you to say it anyways and do that beautiful work of defiance and resistance and step into truth. So as we finish up this morning, why don't we stand up if we're able to? And I'm going to dare to get redundant for a moment. So church, do you have been told that you are not lovable? No, that's a lie. That you, at your deepest, purest self, that you are lovable. Own the hallelujah that springs up. If you have been told that you are not divine, that there's nothing special or unique about you, that you're just dirt and garbage, that is a lie. Know that you are made in God's image, and nothing can take that away. And to you who have been told that you have nothing to offer the world, that you're useless, that just go stand in the corner. We got this. Don't listen to that. That you have something deep within you. You have a fire the world needs. And your job is to go and let it out. And so as you feel the truth rising up within you, as you feel the hallelujah around you, may you sing loudly, may you sing proudly, and own that truth. And may you let it guide you into new life. So my friends, may you go in peace. May you go in love. May you go and do it loudly. Let us sing and let us go in peace.